Welcome to Life During Lockdown, conversations with the Hope Grace family as we get out of the pews and onto our phones. This is Lenny Wong. Join me as we listen in to the body of Christ sharing stories, concerns, insights, and life during this unique time in history. For most of us, the coronavirus caught us off guard. We had trips planned, schedules to keep, calendars to manage, and life to live. And yet when COVID-19 hit, those plans gave way to the reality of stay-at-home orders, social distancing, and life-essential activities. In today's episode, we visit more of the Hope Grace family and see how they're dealing with an interrupted life under not-so-optimal conditions. Our first stop is Tom and Vivian Spar. Well, not much different than uh, any other time because I'm home a lot and uh, I help Vivian around the house. She's had a little trouble with her knees, so I carry the wash up and down the steps for her and help her in the house as much as I can. I'm not much of a housekeeper, but I try. (laughs) Well, he certainly is a big help. (laughs) Tom and Vivian had plans for a much-needed knee replacement for Vivian. COVID-19 got in the way of those plans. Yes, I was actually to orthopedic surgeon, and he said my knees are both very bad. And he will do surgery as soon as he's allowed to. Uh, and my left one he will do first because it is so bad he's going to have to have a special one made to put in whenever he does the surgery. So I will have to have a CAT scan done so they can actually make one just for me for when the surgery's done. And then when that's healed, then he'll do the other one. So I'm waiting. Vivian's left knee was severely injured in a 13-car pileup on the turnpike back in 2000. I had the uh, compound fracture on my left leg and was airlifted to the uh, hospital to be operated on immediately. So I know that it hasn't been really right since that. But It's really, I have a lot of arthritis in it too, so it's just getting worse all the time. I am in pain all the time. I'm not allowed to take anything for pain because of my Crohn's. Deal with it. Have you tried whiskey? (laughs) We're out. (laughs) (laughs) So despite Vivian experiencing great pain from her knees, they're learning to deal with life as it is. We sort of just been hanging out here. We, you know, we go to the store like everybody else, but. Other than that, we're sort of hunkered down. So I'm doing things outside, keeping, I did, had to grind out some of the brick joints in my house because they were going bad. I've done that. And mowing grass, I've mowed twice already. One thing, uh, not knowing when she's going to go, I, I'm sort of just waiting around and seeing I have to spend time here helping her, of course. We're washing dryers downstairs and we didn't expect, when we built the house, we didn't think we'd get old, I guess. Of course, I've been busy calling my people in the directory. I have a page in the directory of people that I need to call several times a week, so I've been keeping up with that. And they all seem to appreciate my calls, and I make sure that they are connected and know that the sermons are on, you know, that they can get on their phones and the devotionals from Andy and George, so they all seem to be able to connect with that and are enjoying that, and I'm glad that I'm able to be in contact with them. 
whenever we listen to your uh, podcast. podcast today, yeah. that, last, that last song you played reminded us of the drive-in, of the drive-in church in Florida. In case you didn't know it, when Tom and Vivian head to Florida for a few months every winter, the church they attend down there is, believe it or not, a drive-in church. Well, it used to be a drive-in theater, and they uh, converted it into a church. They have a big uh, worship center. They just built a brand-new worship center right in the center of the drive-in, and then the pastor stands up front in a, a little building with a sideways cross on it, balcony on it. He stands out in the balcony, and he preaches a sermon, but you can but you listen to it through your car radio, just like you do a drive-in theater. Yes. You can go into the worship center and listen. There's quite a few people going there, but majority of them sit in their cars and listen to it over the radio. But uh, it's, it's very interesting. They have a lot of a big congregation. They have, what, two services? Yeah, they have two services, and there's at least a total of between eight and 900 people come every Sunday. Everyone else is in their cars, so... You aren't really in contact with anybody except the man who comes and lifts up the offering. <laughs> See, this church, you're allowed to take the dog. Whenever the man takes up the offering, he also gives a, the dog a dog treat. And if you can believe it, the Hope Grace elders actually batted around the idea of Tom and Vivian's drive-in church, but eventually decided that it really wasn't in the spirit of the stay-at-home order, so we tabled that idea until it could become more feasible. Still, Tom and Vivian show that despite disruptions and inconveniences, they're making the best of a not-so-great situation. All you can do, Gladys, is just trust the Lord, and and uh, he'll see us through. Pastor Tampkin used to always say, There's no worries, God is still on the throne. God still is on the throne. That doesn't mean life is totally going our way or that our plans will come to pass just the way we envision them. It means that God hasn't lost control. We're still in his hands, despite missed knee replacement surgery dates or whatever other disruptions occur. Our next stop is with Becky Speck. Well, I was up until Sunday evening. I was going staying with my son Toby and his wife Kathy and my granddaughter Brinley at their house in New Cumberland. I would stay there overnight and then come back and stay, you know, be at my house through the day. So I was doing that until then Sunday night I decided, you know, I'm just going to stay here at home. But I will go eat supper with them uh, every evening, you know, just to get out of the house. I felt, to be honest with you, I missed my bed. <laughs> And, of course, I've been doing a lot of cooking, you know, taking suppers there, too, and which I enjoy doing that. But now my other son, you know, Ryan, his wife works at Harrisburg Hospital, so they don't want me around, you know, around them because of her working at the hospital. So right. I've been talking to them, you know, duoing them, which is like FaceTime almost every day so I can see my grandson. Um, but that's been hard, you know. That's been hard. I mean, it's. I'm thankful we have those things on the internet, you know, we can do that, but it's not the same as being there in person, you know. That's pretty much what I've been doing, and um, but I've been staying here at home, you know, through the night now, and, and it's been going good. Um, I have wonderful, wonderful neighbors, um, just, you know, so supportive, and, um, you know, we wave to each other and stand outside and talk, 
um, almost on a daily basis, at least some of them. Um, and so that that helps too. Yeah. And I talk to my my family, my brothers, and my sister down in Dallas, and that helps too. Just staying in touch with them. Now, anyone who knows Becky knows that music is a large part of her life. So I asked her to recount how she developed her love of music. Well, my mother, God rest her soul, she was uh, the organist at our church when I was growing up at Calvary Independent Church, which is now Calvary Church in Lancaster. And she was the organist there for 20-plus years, and she taught piano lessons. Um, so we, you know, she taught many, many kids. And she just got all of us involved. In fact, she started all of us on piano, if you can imagine that. My four brothers, my sister, <laughs> myself, she started us all, and the only two that remained was my sister and myself. And we kept, you know, into the music. But then my oldest brother, Ted, you know, kept singing because he sings in Brothers in Grace you know, the, the gospel right. quartet. So between the three of us, yeah, we, we kept, you know, the music going. But my sister was also a music major. She was a performance major, uh, Philadelphia College of the Bible, and she plays the flute. And uh, and I, I just, you know, stayed with music. My mother really pushed because I didn't like to practice, and she just, she just kept pushing me and pushing me because she started me, obviously, on piano, you know, I was around seven years old. And then when uh, my oldest brother, Ted, my grandparents had bought him a trumpet and wanted him to learn the trumpet. Well, that didn't last very long. And the trumpets just sat at home. So when it came time for me to, you know, get a band instrument, hey, you're playing the trumpet, you know. We've got this sitting here, so you're going to end up playing it. And that's how I got to play the trumpet, I think, from that point. And then when I knew, you know, I knew that I, that I could play and, and um, you know, I, I – tried out for certain things, and, and I participated in, you know, county bands and district band and those kind of things. I, I Then I knew I really wanted to be involved in music, and I wanted to teach, you know, music. When my parents got married, my mother knew she wanted to have, she wanted a baby grand Steinway, just like the one we have at church. My parents went to Philadelphia and bought brand new this baby Steinway. When my father died, and my mother, you know, sold her home to go into a retirement home at Calvary, um, she said, I want to give you the piano now. You know, she wanted to make sure that I had it. So it's been nice. sitting here ever since, yeah. I play it yeah. almost every day. I sit here and play every day. So how could the Hope Grace family pray for Becky? Well, just pray that um, that I don't get too lonely at times. You know, there's, there's, there's some times where I just sit here and I keep thinking if Rick was here, how he would be reacting, you know, to all this. And, right. and, and, and then, you know, and another, and I think, in a way, I'm glad, you know, he's not experiencing all what's, you know, what's going on. But then mm -hmm. on the other hand, you know, I think, oh, you know, I just miss him so much, um, you know, just going through this. It's not like I'm totally alone because, thank the dear Lord, I have both my boys, you know, close by. Just the idea, you know, I'm, I'm in a way, I am alone. Um, and I have to do things, you know, on my own that I've never done before. It's it's been it's been quite a journey, let me tell you. And we were a team for 46 years, and that's that's a long time. In fact, we were together, you know, 50 years. We started dating mm -hmm. in college, and you think it's all it's all over, you know, it's gone. You got to find, as they say, a new normal. I've gone through. I don't know if you've ever heard of grief share. 
but it's a wonderful no. program. It is Christ-centered program. It's a 13-week program, and it I'm telling you, my, my dear friend that I went to college with when she found, because she lost her husband two years ago, and when she wow. found, because she knew Rick, because we all went to Messiah together, she quickly contacted me, and we got together. She was in Camp Hill, and she had gone through the program and told me about it. So she said, I'll go through it again with you, because you can go through the program as many times as you want. She, uh, we, we started, I went through it, I started last September. Um, she went with me, she went through the program with me, she wanted to go through it again. And they have, you know, facilitators, and, I mean, they're not counselors, they're just people that have a heart, you know, to help other people that are going through grief. And I'll tell you what, it has, I mean, it, it's just helped me yeah. tremendously, and I have gotten to know such wonderful people. In fact, I've gone through it, this is my second time. In fact, we only have one more, we are doing the Zoom. In fact, we just had it last night because it was meeting every Monday night for mm-hmm. two hours. So that's what we've been doing. We've been on you know, Zoom every Monday night. I've really gotten to know some wonderful people. And you just feel, you know, we're all, we all have something in common. You know, we've right. all had tremendous losses. Um, I just love these people. I mean, they, they're, they're just, and the facilitators are just outstanding. I mean, just outstanding. That's so I highly recommend program. that to anyone. I also asked what Becky is praying for in these difficult times. I'm praying that through all of what we're going through right now, that as many people come to know the Lord through this, that we as Christians really need to find every opportunity that's out there, you know, to minister to people and to reach out to them. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that are scared to death and just full of panic, and what a golden opportunity for us, you know, to witness to them and say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just lay out the plan of salvation to them. I think, boy, if there's ever a time, it's now. This is the yeah. time we need to reach out. Well, Hope Grace, in this episode, we've heard from people who don't have it so easy They've been dealt a hand that they wouldn't wish on anyone, but they're making the best of the hand they've been dealt. They aren't dwelling on their woes. It is what it is. Instead, they're grateful for what God has done, and they're looking for opportunities to spread the love of Christ in these uncertain times. That's making the most of life during lockdown. 